It's Tuesday, June 6, 2023, coming to you live from our real estate offices at 535 Sandwich Street, right beside Tim Hortons in Amherstburg. Lots to get to tonight on the live stream, including talking about appliances. I can't be the only person who is noticing this. Plus, we'll also talk about more announcements about announcements upon announcements when it comes to the EV battery plant and an update on our renovation project. Plus, LaSalle Mayor Crystal Malosh will join me to talk about investment in the town of LaSalle and what's ahead and what she's pushing for that is going to benefit so many residents within the town of LaSalle. It's the Arms Boom and Lag Project and it starts live right now. Yes, indeed. We are live on a Tuesday evening. Thank you so much for joining me. It's a little bit after eight o'clock on a very decently mild Tuesday as people continue to watch me through the windows here. <laughs> Real estate office. Thank you so much for joining us. A lot of people saying, yeah, you're really live. You can literally come get a coffee now here in Amherstburg and uh, take a look at the show. Uh, my desk is literally right beside our window here. And I encourage everybody in my listening, viewing audience, if you are in the Amherstburg area, uh, give me a shout. Give me a shout. 519-519. Uh, whoops, a little bit of a Freudian slip there. 519-987-4405. Uh, 519-987-4405. Goes back to my days at CKLW, right? Um, and, uh, you know, let me know when you're in town and come on by and have a coffee and check out the office as well. But, yeah, this is where we're doing the studio. Lots to get to tonight. Comments already coming in on the live stream today. This is episode 108, season three of the Arms, Boom and Lag Project. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter this evening. Uh, my good buddy Mike Chase commenting on the show. Somebody got some sun. That's the thing with me being a Filipino. Uh, and uh, the sunshine, because man, oh man, like, did we spend some time this weekend with the kids in the backyard? Uh, my wife, Carrie, she is Polish. Uh, I am Filipino, not even fully Filipino, if you didn't know. Um, we have some Chinese heritage in our background, too, on my dad's side. But uh, generally speaking, we've been raised Filipino. And anytime there's any kind of sun and humidity, it's like, sign me up. And I just love the sun. I don't know. I think I age backwards. I get younger in the sunshine. So I try to absorb those moments. Been very busy out in the community over the last couple of days. So yeah, I got that sunshine, loving it here uh, and bring it on. Although it's been a little bit cooler, but still kind of muggy. Uh, Jamie says, good evening, Arms. Good evening to you. Cindy on Facebook. Arms, good to see you as well to you, my friend. Thank you for joining us here on the show today. A couple of things to get to. First of all, a little bit of the gripe file for me today. Um, I don't know if anybody has actually experienced this or if they have gotten into the same situation I am in. Um, we've had our kitchen appliances for about five years. Uh, we purchased them in 2018, again, prior to the pandemic. Um, supply chain issues aside, um, these are name brand appliances. And, you know, you pay good money with appliances nowadays, I think, especially if you're paying for the name brand. So over the last little bit, our fridge started to go on the fritz, which if you have kids or just anybody, right? If you know when your fridge starts to go haywire, it's sort of a pain in the butt because, you know, some of us, we're lucky we have a spare fridge in the garage, which I would say is even probably decades older than the fridge that we purchased and it's still running absolutely fine. So this fridge that we've had started to act up in 2021. So it was about three years old. You know, your normal wear and tear with, you know, at that point, we just had Liam and myself and my wife. Um, 
it just never worked properly. So it's not cooling in the main compartment. Um, you know, we have an ice machine, so that's not working as well. You know, a lot of things that come up with these appliances nowadays, I just don't think they're built to last. So we've been trying to, you know, deal with the people that we bought it from here locally. They've just been, I don't know if it's just COVID or what, um, just unable or unwilling to sort of find that resolution for it. And I've talked to a lot of people who are in the same kind of situation. Um, it, it's just discouraging. You're spending good money on an, a, piece of, a piece of appliance that you, you, you use and it's just not working. So we got it repaired in 2021, cost me a pretty penny. It was working. So about two weeks ago, it just goes down the drain. So it's like really warm in the fridge. So we have all of our perishables in the garage fridge. We're bringing them in every day. Um, freezer's still working, thank God, knock on wood. But, you know, we called a couple of times to try to find a resolution for this. And it's funny, the, the manufacturer, and I'm not saying this to kind of flame anything or, or, or to, you know, do this outrage. It just it kind of boggles my mind. I'm not going to mention them. If you want to find out what kind of manufacturing it is, you can DM me after the show or DM me on social media. Manufacturer says, well, sir, that's frankly your problem. I was like, what? Yeah, we'll send somebody out. But frankly, it's, it, it's kind of a you problem. Wow. Repair guy comes out fixes the fridge, actually makes it worse because certain components of the fridge are not cooling. It's like really warm in the fridge. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So Carrie finally gets them back on and we're saying to them, you know, this is just not acceptable. So as I'm taking the perishables from our garage fridge into our main fridge, and I got the garage fridge off of Kijiji like two years ago, and it's still running like a charm. I think it's from the early 2000s. Not a lot of bells and whistles in this. You see a lot of the uh, fridges nowadays, they have like the screens and, you know, the MP3 players and you can do like the internet on your fridge. You don't need any of that for your fridge. Come on, really? Like at what point do we, are we saying there's, there's maybe too many bells and whistles on these things? I just want it to cool. Maybe pour, you know, some ice every once in a while. That's it. I don't need all the bells and whistles. What are the bells and whistles for? Like, I, I, I don't get it. My wife has a different opinion on it. She goes, well, it's nice to have these certain things. I go, yeah, but I mean, I feel like the more complex something is, the more nowadays they will have a chance of breaking down. Because you look at this fridge we have in the garage, um, it's still running fine. There's no screens on it. Um, freezer works fine. You know, the fridge itself, it's a single door, so that's fine too. And uh, it's, it's just incredible to me that... I did a little bit of research on it before coming on the show and there's actually like a term and it's like manufacturers were building appliances so well during the 60s, 70s and 80s that people were not ever replacing their appliances. Like how many people listening or watching the show can go to grandma and grandpa's house, go into their kitchen and they're still running the same appliances, stove, fridge, washer, dryer, whatever that they had in the 70s and they run fine. You get a tune up here and there, fine. You're buying stuff now from the big box store and it goes down the toilet because it's just shoddily made or it's a lemon. My wife keeps saying, she goes, well, it's not the brand. I like the brand. You might have just got a lemon. And that's what Cindy says here on Facebook too. You might have got a lemon. Fine. But just, you know, have some 
I guess, brand respect, even if the warranty's out, you know, have the guy come out. So we have the, the repair guy multiple times come out to our house and fix it. It's a pain in the butt and it costs money too. And it says it is a bummer. She also says GE sucks. Yeah, we, we, I don't think we've ever had GE. We've, I don't want to say the name brand too, because I'm not trying to disparage a particular company here. That's not why I'm saying it, but you know, you, you have to, you, you have to, acknowledge like if you've got like as a great great anastelle or your mom or dad or your grandma or grandpa they, they've got to have appliances in their homes that are from an, another decade not even in the early 2000s but maybe in the 90s or the 80s and they're still running smooth we have a freezer in our garage that i use religiously store all sorts of stuff that we get on sale in there and i think it literally is from like the late 80s still running like a charm still runs like a charm yeah, Cindy agrees. Like, do you need all that? Do you need do you need the touch? We don't have a touchscreen on our fridge. I, I kind of put my foot down about that. That was a little bit ridiculous. You see these things in the day. I go, well, you can surf the internet on your fridge. Hey, how about you just don't and get what you need out of the fridge? And it says, GE, buy new and broken in one year. I actually saw some horror stories on, um, I'll say a name brand, even though I very much enjoy their televisions. I think their, their TVs are fantastic. Samsung. Thoroughly enjoy my Samsung television. But Samsung fridges, oh my God, there's some horror stories um, that you've seen over the years. Like go on YouTube and 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 like like fridges like foaming or or like catching fire in the freezer. Lorraine says, and good to see you, Lorraine. She goes, Yes, Sears and Maytag lived forever, right? Like the Sears name brand for you uh, Gen Zers who may listen to the show, we're familiar with Sears. Sears is a very successful department store, uh, a national chain for many years, um, and and had a brand of appliances that some would say were extremely, extremely well put together. You know, but really, like who needs to like surf the internet on your fridge? I saw one video when I was looking at like horror stories where like people's fridges are going on the fritz and they're filming it on YouTube and like somebody actually put the video game Doom. They got the video game Doom, which was huge in the 90s to play on the fridge. Who's playing video games on your fridge? Like what kind of society are we living in that we're playing video games on the fridge? And you're talking to the biggest gamer there is. I love playing video games when I have a spare second. It's one of my hobbies. Anyways, so uh, repair guy at our house today. Um, we'll see how that went. I haven't been home today. I've been working later on, uh, this evening, but, um, yeah, just kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, I will say this. Um, there are some really great local companies that provide exceptional service. got to give a shout out to the crew at Maytag, um, right on, uh, front road, just near river canard. When you go over the bridge at river canard, uh, we called them in a panic a couple of times, even though we didn't buy the appliance there, we should have, um, for some guidance on this whole kerfuffle. And, uh, you know, the kids, Liam and Olivia couldn't care less. I mean, Liam's like, oh, where's my stuff in the fridge? Where's my yogurt? Well, we got to go outside and grab it. But God willing, all I want is, uh, and I know like first world problems, right? Oh, I don't have ice at a whim. You get used to the ice machine, man. I get used to the ice machine. I like cold water. I will drink cold water. I don't have cold water. And, uh, you know, you, you get used to the ice machine and, and I, I enjoy having ice. And now it's like, well, Carrie's like, just put it in an ice tray, ice cube tray, make ice cubes. I'm like, preposterous. I can't do that. That takes time. I want to press a button and I have my ice. We are very cushioned, I think, as a society. 
Uh, Lorraine says, Samsung owner of a fridge and stove after two years needed a new handle on the stove. New part came promptly after another year. Holy cow. Listen, I'm not in the manufacturing business. I am in the customer service business. And I understand that there's been significant pressures on the supply chain. But maybe we need to rethink how we sell products nowadays to make sure that things last, especially if supply chains are so disruptive and disrupted over the last little bit. Just my two cents. All right, topic one under our belts. Uh, continue to comment if you've got appliance horror stories or if there's an appliance brand name that you absolutely think is the cat's meow. Uh, you can comment in our Facebook page. Uh, you can comment on LinkedIn too. Um, and a message here uh, from somebody saying, you know, appliances are funny, right? You always want to make sure that they're in good working order, but sometimes you get a lemon and that's true. Mike says, my mother-in-law has a worky, working Acme stove. It's a tank. Yeah, she bought new in 1952, still working in her home and she has the original seat. That's what I mean. But then they put these businesses put themselves out because the product is so damn good. So maybe there's like a, a happy equilibrium here, especially in this post-COVID world with delicate supply chain issues that we start to build things that last. I don't know. Uh, coming up on the show, we've got LaSalle Mayor Crystal Malosh. I had a chance to speak with her uh, live yesterday. Um, really great interview with Crystal. I'm a big fan of what she's doing in the town of LaSalle. Um, had a chance to catch up with her over the last couple of weeks at a couple of networking events. And there's some really encouraging news uh, that LaSalle Council and the mayor is doing to entice new business. And dare I say, uh, something that is long overdue in any municipality here locally. So uh, LaSalle Mayor Malash will join us here in the next couple of minutes in my feature interview. And I want to give a big shout out to this season's sponsors of the show, uh, my good friends over at a location where we do all of our shopping for any kind of home renovation needs to come see home hardware for sponsoring the show the segan family fantastic people to deal with uh, and the come see home hardware location is just really an amazing place to be uh, we've been in there several times over the last couple of weeks to pick out some fixtures and different things for our basement renovation project which a lot of people have been asking what's been going on with that so this is kind of like an hgtv segment that we've been doing at our home um, we're working with a lot of the partners that I work with in real estate, from contractors to uh, um, building suppliers like Home Hardware and Essex Home Hardware, and we're redoing the basement. Uh, we've got two little ones. We've got Olivia and Liam. Uh, Olivia, by the way, now 13 months old, and she is just a tank, um, crawling, very uh, becoming a personality, if you will. So we need the extra space. So uh, that's part of the reason I brought my podcast here to my real estate office in Amherstburg. Uh, is A, this is my primary office where I do all of my work, and B, uh, the basement is getting renovated. So um, it's going. The framing is up. Uh, we've got all sorts of videos and photos posted with some of the work that Supreme Restoration Services have done so far with some of the products from Tecumseh Home Hardware. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be diving into some of the plumbing that's going to be taking place, which is a significant job. And Richard from Projects and Bath by Design, my good buddy, our uh, bathroom renovation expert from a real estate lens who we work with on a number of uh, customers and, and, and uh, deals that go through with Richard. Uh, we'll be taking the reins with him and his team starting tomorrow morning. So I'll be posting more updates as we go. Uh, it's a really exciting project. You can take a look at some of the floor plans and what's been done so far and sort of the insanity. When you've got two kids, uh, a job that's around the clock and a wife to keep happy, it gets a little busy. But I want to give a shout out to this 
season sponsor, the good folks over at Tecumseh Home Hardware. They're more than just a hardware store. Check them out today and uh, swing on by at L'Esperance and County Road 22. So we're live at my real estate office here at 35, uh, 535 Sandwich Street South in Amherstburg, right beside the Tim Hortons if you want to swing on by. Uh, the window's right beside us too. Uh, we do this every other week here uh, in the Windsor-Essex area in Amherstburg. And one of the things I wanted to touch base before we get to the whole concept of, um, well, let's be honest about it, uh, all these announcements. Uh, and I've been following this very closely from our perspective here as I bring up the latest on what's happening with that battery plant. And as you know, we've been talking about this on the show for the last, well, since the, I call it a kerfuffle because that's a, honestly, that's what it is. And I've had some people um, reach out to me and say, well, that's a very liberal way of thinking or it's that's conservative. I don't identify in terms of my political leanings as liberal, conservative or NDP. I like little bits and pieces from everybody's platform. I'm of the mindset is, guys, we've got to we've got to make things move. We've got to make things happen. So let's get it done. Um, apparently, the latest from CBC News is that Canada's Ministry of Industry Minister of Industry and Innovation expects an answer shortly from the companies involved in this, which is Stellantis and LG Energy Solution, with an offer concerning the electric vehicle, otherwise known as the EV battery plant here in Windsor. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says it's an offer that's respectful to taxpayers. He says, quote, mostly it's one, one that's reasonable to create uh, great jobs for future generations to come and secure for a future of communities right across Southern Ontario and ensure that Canada is fully contributing to a net zero world that is going to rely on. In an email to CBC News, Stellantis spokesperson Luann Goslin confirms Stellantis and LGES are in the receipt of a written offer that is currently under financial and legal review. We have nothing further to add at this time. I'm going to throw it once. I'm going to say it again. We have gotten really good as a society putting these different things into play when it comes to uh, writing things down on paper and um, putting those announcements out before there's anything to announce. Um, personally, I, I mean, you see this all the time. You know, you, you have these people make announcements, and I, I've been guilty of it too, making announcements to make announcements. It's almost like just do it and let us know how that particularly goes at the end of the day, because there's so much riding on this battery plant here in the Windsor-Essex area. You've got investment coming up. You've got uh, all the spinoff jobs, all the feeder plants. And quite frankly, this area has been lacking any kind of major financial support. You know, back during my days during broadcast in the early 2010s, you know, I've said it before on the show that, you know, we were hanging our hats on the, uh, the wind turbines that were going to be coming here to town. I remember covering that extensively over the years and that just sort of faded away like a bad dream. I drove by, uh, we were visiting some uh, clients for a listing in the Tecumseh area uh, last couple of days and I drove by that section of 22 just before you hit Banwell and I looked over to my right and you see the CS wind plant that's for lease. They've got this massive footprint. So I really hope that they can make this happen. I hope that this is the full announcement uh, that will be debuted and uh, I hope that this is it. Somebody sign them to the agreement and say that this is happening. So this doesn't go around the, the merry-go-round again in another 10 months. Because there's a lot of families. There's a lot of development. There's a lot of future Windsorites and people in the Essex County area that are going to be relying on 
not only this particular investment, but all of the spinoff that is going to continue to come into effect. And quite frankly, it's going to add to this area in terms of, you know, making Windsor-Essex a destination for Canadians and, and people from around the globe. And from a real estate perspective, we're seeing that. We're seeing a lot of folks um, want to come down to Windsor and not just Windsor. Um, you know, I was on a few showings tonight uh, from a real estate lens in the beautiful town of LaSalle to plug Mayor Malosh again. And uh, some of the folks I was talking to were coming for, from out of town and uh, they have jobs and they have jobs over in the United States. And they're looking at municipalities like LaSalle to settle their families in for the long term. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I feel very positive about the EV battery plan announcement. Uh, you know, certainly from a real estate lens, every, everybody that's been speaking to my partner, Ron and I, about uh, what is the potential for this area. And we've said it many times here on the show. I've said it many times on social media. We're really at this precipice of unprecedented development and growth for not only Windsor, but all the communities, Lakeshore, Amherstburg, Leamington, LaSalle, Essex. Um, we had Essex Mayor uh, um, Sherry Bondi on, and she shared with us from a high level what the town is doing in Essex to attract not only businesses, uh, but to attract people, increase the tax base as well. So I hope for good news with the announcement. It sounds very positive. I hope it is the full announcement. Uh, but you have to stay tuned to traditional media over the next 24 to 48 hours as uh, something is expected to come down the pipe uh, in the next little bit. Okay, folks, uh, as we approach the 20-minute mark here on the show, I want to talk about our featured guest here. She's somebody who I've known through her years on council. She is LaSalle's first female mayor, and she's been making major strides in the municipality of LaSalle from major development that's happening on the waterfront to taking a look at attracting not only new residents, but additional investment to the town of LaSalle and to talk to me about what she's really trying to do from an advocacy uh, panel to bring in something that I think is really needed from any municipality from Amherstburg all the way into Tecumseh. And that is the need for more primary care physicians. So we talked about those topics and more along with being a parent and being a huge animal lover. Here is my feature interview tonight with a good friend of mine, LaSalle Mayor Crystal Malosh, who goes in to talk a little bit about all those topics and more here on the show. You're so right. There's so much happening in the town of LaSalle, um, whether we're talking development, uh, whether we're talking about new features in the town of LaSalle, the bridge being so close to us. There's a lot going on in our area. Um, the biggest thing that we're doing right now in the town of LaSalle is the last uh, eight years or so, we purchased 65 acres of land on our waterfront. Um, and that's something our residents have been asking for since I got on council in 2010. They want us to do more. They want us to recognize our waterfront community. They want us to not just completely focus on the center of town, which has become Malden Road, where a lot of our development's taking place. So that's something we've been really, really working on is going, how do we take advantage of this beautiful waterfront we have? Um, and I'll tell you, on the weekend, I attended a Blessing of the Fleets which mm -hmm. I've never done at LaSalle Manor's Yacht Club. And I've never been there. And I've lived in LaSalle my entire life. And I got to go to this place that is a hidden gem. And it's beautiful. And I stood on the waterfront and I looked up and down the coast and thought to myself, 
we don't take advantage of this the way we should be. There's so much potential for us in the town of LaSalle, but even as a region, if we can start really focusing on what we have here. So buying that 65 acres of land, I just stood there and thought to myself, that made sense. We're moving in the right direction and we are going to be able to create something unique for our own residents and something unique for our region. So that's the really exciting thing that's happening right now in the town of LaSalle is we've, we've opened our event center, which uh, opened in late November of last year. We've hosted several events. We have a very full calendar this year. So we're only seeing it uh, being used more and more as the months go on. People are getting excited about all the different options they could use it for. And then we just approved the new skate trail feature that will be located right next to it. That will also have the water feature there. So we're we're slowly developing that to become not just a destination for our residents, but for tourists. Because like I said, with that bridge being so close to us, the tourism options to do there and on that waterfront, creating a transient marina to entice people from whether it's even Lakeshore or Amherstburg or maybe potentially the States to come over, dock their boats walk up down Malden or Front Road, you know, experiencing all those different businesses that we hopefully can draw into there. It's just so much excitement surrounding that waterfront project. And what a brilliant sort of strategy to go forward with that. You know, Mayor Malash, I, I, I've said many times on my social media streams, like I, I, I'm not, I don't come from a boating family, right? We, we never really boated, but I've, I've kind of fell in love with getting on the water, getting on the sea dew and and exploring, um, you know, how blessed we are to be surrounded by water here in Windsor and Essex County. And, you know, when I'm going up and down the Detroit River and I get to see, you know, the possibilities that are there, like you look at a municipality or even like a major municipality like London where they're landlocked or even Toronto where, you know, waterfront is at a such a, a premium. Um, they've really reinvented themselves to say, okay, well, what can we do uh, from a Toronto perspective to really utilize Lake Ontario? But LaSalle, I mean, you tie into some of the marketing for the town itself. I mean, you have the ship, you have the big, you kind of market around in the ships coming into the town of LaSalle over the years too. So I think it's just a really great way to tap into something that makes LaSalle so very unique. Like I know my father-in-law launches his fishing boat from Gilmore Park all the time and he says it's just a great place. And that kind of development is going to continue to spur hopefully more interest into the town because that housing component is so crucial too and you see it's just a wide variety of homes that are being built in the LaSalle area. When it comes to housing we have a lot of high density being built right now a lot of condos being built along the Malden Road corridor but we also have one that's coming up on the water where the sunny side used to stand so another option for development there for people to live on the water who maybe aren't looking at single residential family units they they could get into the condo so um we have in LaSalle development happening everywhere there isn't a section of the town that there isn't a project going on right now we're also really looking at the Howard Buford planning area and we're trying to get a secondary plan put in place there to speed some development in that area. That area has the potential of 20,000 plus people to come to the town of South. So it is going to be the next major development area in our town. And it's it's the future of our of our small town. And, you know, we won't be as small as we are now, but we're going to make sure we work hard to keep that small town feel in the town of LaSalle. That's the trick, right? You want to continue to uh, grow the town, um, you know, increase residents. Um, obviously, spending continues and and you want to provide those amenities and those services to residents coming in. But you want to continue to make it feel um, 
again, like you kind of know everybody. And I think a, a prime example of that is, you know, the investment that has gone into uh, Town Hall um, along the major thoroughfare with all the shops. It's, it's incredible to see that transformation of not only that section of LaSalle, but to see all the business coming. And I think um, I'm sure that you hear from, you know, the business community as well, Mayor, that, you know, this is a, an area where they see the need, right? They see the people sort of setting up shops, so to speak, in terms of, you know, bringing their families and, and then providing those services, those businesses to the region to complement those people coming in. Yeah, and we see the same need. We actually don't have a BIA or a Chamber of Commerce located in the town of LaSalle. And that's something this council has recognized is a necessity now. Um, we have businesses here who need our help, but we also want to entice businesses to come to the town of the South so that our residents can stay here on the weekends. You know, we all tour. I mean, it's great to, I spent last weekend in Amsburg for a night having dinner. I go to other municipalities. It's great to support others, but I want to give our residents a reason to stay home. And, you know, for us to do that, we really need to focus on that business sector. Um, so that's, that's not only just the Malden Road corridor, but that's also going to be along the Laurier Parkway area. It's also going to be on Front Road with the new event center and the new waterfront development. Like we have several pockets of the town of LaSalle that we really need to start focusing on that commercial aspect and get those businesses to come to our town. Um, whether it's you know restaurants or goofy golfing or you name it, but also even medical facilities are going to be needed because we are growing. We are a retirement community. We do see that we get a lot of seniors who want to live in the town of LaSalle. Mm -hmm. um, and that's for many reasons. And like I said, when we talk about small town feel or the, the reasons people are in LaSalle, it is for our trail systems. It is for that wildlife. Like there's just so many things that get people to live in LaSalle. We just got to make sure we have the services available for everyone. Thank you, Mayor, so much for commenting. I, I have had so many discussions with people from a real estate lens and certainly from an investment lens and even just from a family lens about the importance you, you underscored that about medical. And I know that, you know, the new hospital is going to be transformational for the area. Once that starts to get going and, you know, shovels in the ground, that's still some time off. But I know quite often, you know, having medical professionals, doctors and nurses and, and people who provide those specialized appointments, um, having them in your municipalities are so key, I think, because that's a component that may not I don't want to say it's glossed over, but it is crucial, right? You have more people coming. You're going to need access to those particular medical services. And if you make the area attractive for these medical professionals to set up their business, not their businesses, but their practices, I think that is, um, it's going to be huge, right? Because I think a lot of people say, you know, like you said, you want to stay in LaSalle. You want to stay in your particular municipality. It is going to be huge. I mean, when I grew up, I've lived in LaSalle my entire life. My doctor was on Tecumseh Road East. My dentist was off of Cabana. Um, and in the years when I started having my girls and and we were you know going to school in LaSalle and Malden Road and, you know, I thought to myself, I want everything near me. So we ended up moving our doctor and dentist and everybody is located in LaSalle now just so that we're not going as far. You know, I have young new drivers. <laughs> so the idea of them staying a little closer to home when they have to go to those appointments is a little bit more comforting as a mom. Um, but it is a need and it's something that we're seeing a lot of people want. A lot of people want that, that ability to just, you know, 
two minutes down the road to hit your doctors and not have to go across the city and worry about parking and all those other things. So that's something I think is really important for us in the town of LaSalle. And I even know not only is it specialist appointments, we're talking about primary care physicians. That's something in great need in Windsor-Essex in general. But I know in the town of LaSalle, we need more primary care physicians. And I'd love to even see something like a nurse practitioner clinic so that we have other options here so that people aren't always going to ER. Um, you know, right now we send a lot of our families to clinics in Windsor and, you know, we know what those weights can be like. So there's a lot that can be done there to, to help entice people into our area. If we can add more medical care, I think that will actually help our development as well. I think that's just really refreshing to hear. I, I literally had the same conversation with some of my in-laws this weekend about, you know, how, I don't want to say there's frustration there because we all know that the challenges the healthcare system is having now, but um, making sure that you have something in town, like even if it's like a clinic, um, you know, something for, you know, I wouldn't say the major things that you would have to go to the major hospital for, but just the small things too. So, but I know as a mom, that's something that you think of too, right? And I, I do follow you on Instagram and you're very active and not only in the community and checking out different things and interacting with community groups, but you're very um, passionate about your your kids and, and, and what you do. And, and, and that's something that brings you, I think, some great pride as well. Oh, absolutely. My girls are my pride and joy. I, uh, I've i always wanted to make sure that no matter what my career did, where it took me, that my girls were still at the top of my list. And, you know, I had a meeting last week, I called the gentleman and I said, unfortunately, I'm going to have to reschedule my daughters made it to Offsa West, and I'm going to see her. So, um, you know, like, I, I think it's really important to have a good balance between your family life and your work life. And, uh, you know, we all, I mean, you know, you're a parent, they're only young once. And you blink yep. and you're like, wait, where did that go? And I'm hitting that end part. You know, my oldest, uh, she's just finished her second year of university in Kentucky. Uh, so that's hard enough as it is because I don't get to see her all the time. Um, so, you know, I know there's only a few more meets. I'll get to go drive and see her throw at before she's moving on to her full time career. Uh, and my youngest has one more year in high school and she's looking at the same thing, trying to get a track scholarship and, you know, means more traveling for mom, but that's okay. Cause like I said, I, I love supporting my kids and I love watching them. And you know, there's something too, that's really interesting because being a younger mayor, I would mm -hmm. say, um, sure. I get to meet all of these teens who yeah. are more passionate and are starting to understand more about how politics work. And you know, before they would have never known the mayor. And now it's it's funny. I was in Cambridge on Friday and you know, all these kids, oh, well, the mayor's here. She's here to watch her track meet and support <laughs> us. And yes, I'm supporting sandwich kids and Villanova kids and all the kids from Windsor-Essex because I, that's what I love to do. Like, I love to support them. But it's exciting that they're getting a little bit more interested in it because those are things that maybe they didn't talk about before. Sure. Um, so it's it's fun. It's I love being a part of it. Plus, I think I think Mary would give you um, a different dichotomy of what the future residents of LaSalle hopefully are going to want need. Because I, I was, it's funny you should say that. I was at my sister's graduation party. Uh, my sister just graduated the U of W, and um, very close to my sisters. Big age gap between my younger sisters and I, but um, sort of like a third parent myself raising them. So I'd gone out on the Saturday this past Saturday, and um, my sisters, I quote quote unquote like sort of Gen Z that that and and just talking to them and just knowing what they're passionate about what's important to them it's very different i think than 
say you and I or or you know some of the Gen Xers or anything like that would consider not necessarily important, but just where their values are. And I think when you have younger people at least interested in politics, they I mean, you're sort of setting up a legacy, right? You want to do things for the residents now, but you have to start planning for the future. And it's like, what do they want? What do they, what are they going to see? How are they interacting? You know, what investment is important to them? Absolutely. And, and they love to be part of the conversation. They love to sit there and talk to you about what they like about the town, what they'd like to see in the town, you know, future of the town. They, they want to have those conversations. So it's nice to be able to engage with them in ways maybe we didn't think of before. Um, I had a conversation this morning and we talked about, you know, there's that, right now struggle to get qualified people in certain positions in municipal level. Um, there's job openings that people aren't qualified for, people didn't know to go to school for. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my daughter's friends who are in grade 11 and grade 12, and I said, have you ever considered a career you know, as a planner? Have you ever considered a career in this? And they're like, no. What is it? Tell me about it. And so I think it's just really opened the door to have these really different conversations that we haven't had with our youth before. And it, it's really exciting when they start talking about it. And, you know, you walk into the room and they're talking about something going on in the town of LaSalle and you're like, yes, <laughs> you know, it's a win for us to know that they right, care. Right. And, you know, that those conversations will definitely be important to that future of our towns. I should make note too about how passionate you are for animals and how how involved you are with the well-being with you know animal welfare. I know that you're a pet owner yourself, and I, I think that's something that provides tremendous joy for folks who who are willing to take the responsibility. My sister just got a husky, and uh, she's uh, quickly learning that it's like uh, it is like another child, right? Like she's got to be home to watch it and take care of it, especially during that early stages too. But I know animals are something that's very near and dear to your heart. I love animals. I have two big beasts, as we call them. I have a St. Bernoufie, and uh, she is, oh gosh, uh, how old is she now? Almost four. Uh, so she's still a little crazy, still a little bit like a, a, a puppy. Um, and then I'm, I'm having a mental blank on my oldest dog, uh, oh, uh, a Bernese mountain dog. So nice. She's a beautiful dog, very calm, very loving, and very protective. You know, you go on a walk, someone comes up to talk to me, she sits on my feet, makes sure everyone knows that she's there to protect me. Um, we've had animals our whole life. Uh, my kids have had the bunnies, the hamsters, a bird. Uh, we've done it all. <laughs> but I just, I love pets. They are a part of my family. Like, you know, it's, I call them my two other girls. So I actually have four <laughs> girls at home and the, the youngest puppy is definitely the biggest sucky of all the girls at home because she's attached to me 24 seven. So um, it is a big part of our life. I just, I can't see myself never having a dog in my life. I just love them. And finally here, and I, I want to appreciate, uh, tell you how much we appreciate you spending some time with me here on the show. I know how busy you are, but if you could, if you could summarize what you'd like to see in your first term um, and you've done so much already, and, you know, looking ahead maybe to a second term or or, or beyond, what do, what do you want most for LaSalle to to do and, and, and to really, what would you like to see in the next decade for LaSalle? We are growing fast. And I think the, the hardest thing for the next four to eight years for anyone in council is just going to balance the, the new with the old. Um, we know what our residents want and we know what they love about our town. So we need to make sure that we, we stay focused on those things. And, you know, 
a big focus for us is definitely going to be that waterfront development. It's a huge investment for us and it's not something that's going to happen overnight. That that whole project from start to finish is probably a 25 year project unless we can really get some funding from upper levels. And that's something we're going to really work hard on in the next few years is trying to secure some funding to be able to continue with that development there. Um, besides the development there, like I said, to our business community, that's my second focus for this term is trying to get a BAA, BIA or some sort of a chamber in place so that our businesses have a support group and so that we can work together. So right now there's really very little communication between the town and our businesses and I want to change that. Um, like I said, healthcare. I've already had several meetings when it comes to healthcare. I know it's not going to be an easy one. I know probably in the next three and a half years I might not see what I'd love to see happen in the town. They're telling me I got to, you know, slow down. It's not going to happen the way I want it to. And I'm trying to understand that as best as I can, but I just know the needs of my residents. So I'll just continue to work really hard on that over the next three and a half years and see what we can get in LaSalle as far as healthcare goes. Because like I said, when it comes to even just a basic primary care physicians, we have a staggering amount of residents in need of that right now. So those are our focuses right now is, is looking at our development, that Howard Bouffard planning area. It's a huge piece to the future of the town of LaSalle and making sure that we really work with our upper levels of government to try to move things along so that we can continue to grow. But like I said, as we grow, I don't wanna forget about our original residents who were here and supported us from the beginning and the things that they love about our town. We gotta to make sure we keep focus on those and, and keep them there. Thank you so much to Mayor Crystal Malosh for spending some time with me yesterday here on the show at our uh, real estate offices in Amherstburg. So I think some amazing things that are going to be happening in the town of the Salo over the next little bit. So that primary care physician piece, that 24 hour clinic piece um, is huge. Like we don't have a 24 hour clinic here in Amherstburg. We did, but we don't anymore. Um, I know this from personal experience, like when Liam is sick and is running a fever, you know, we have to make the trek um, and hopefully get in in LaSalle, um, which as far as I know, doesn't have a 24 hour clinic, but, and then sometimes you have to go into Windsor. With everybody expected to come to the area in the next five to 10 years, I think it's going to be crucial for that piece to fall into place for each municipality in the Essex County area. Okay, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget, we are back live again this Friday night for another edition of Ask an Expert. <laughs> It's my new podcast series and uh, we are well into it. So if you're looking for tried and trusted real estate experts in terms of renovations, people that we work with, Ron Denno and I, on a week-to-week uh, -week basis with helping our clients make a move in Windsor-Essex, we got you covered. Coming up this Friday, we are going to be chatting with Richard Ebert from Projects and Bath by Design. Great guy. Him and his son, Jeremy, uh, are really making great strides in the renovation industry when it comes to kitchens and bathrooms. So uh, they will join us live on the show on Friday evening, eight o'clock. Can't wait for that. It's going to be a lot of fun too. So in the meantime, make sure to check us out on Facebook, check us out on my website, armsboomandlike.com. And uh, always take the time to reach out to me. You've got my cell phone. You call me, you get me. You're not going to get passed around to five different people before you get an answer. You get me. 519-987-4405, 519-987-4405. One last comment before we wrap it up. Lorraine says, great interview. Thank you. So nice to see a younger mayor devoted uh, to bringing good things, right? I think that's huge. I think 
um, when people kind of address what the residents truly need and, and get through the whole bureaucracy red tape and say, okay, how do we make this get done? Let's do it. I think we're at that point when it comes to any type of form of government, right? Let's get it done for the people. Anyways, have a great rest of the night. We'll see you back um, Friday live on the stream. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll be back live here with another edition of the Arms Boom and Light Project. <laughs>